saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. And welcome to the second episode of the Dogs Podcast. Today we're breaking down the 2020 NFL Draft. Let's kick things off. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Touchdown! This had to be something about the personality or the attitude or the locker room fit because it was not about the talent level for Odell Beckham. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. looks bad in all of this at all. I think this is an indictment against Freddie Kitchens, which is why he will be gone. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, good to see you guys again. About a week out from the first episode. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening and checking us out today. Uh, support for the first episode was way more than anything I ever thought we were going to get. I figured we'd have 10 listens, four from this room, and then maybe <laughs> six family members. So thank you to everybody who's checking this out and supporting us. Makes us feel really good about ourselves. Uh, today's episode brought to you by our new haircuts. Everybody's looking <laughs> fresh. Uh, I'm happy some things are opening back up. Um, Today we're going to talk about the draft for the Browns. Uh, I think everybody can agree we had a pretty solid draft. Typically for the Browns, the draft is our Super Bowl, um, and typically we lose it. So I think <laughs> it was good this year. Uh, we, we came in with a plan. Everybody's kind of worried about analytics. It's kind of a dirty word for Cleveland fans, but I think our front office came in with a plan, and I, I think we did a pretty solid job. Uh, before we get into this draft, though, I think we want to kind of talk about some of our favorite draft picks from past years. I know we got some doozies in here. Uh, Justin, I'll let you get started on this. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Corey Coleman. 15th pick, 2016 NFL draft. Um, passed over on some notable guys. I don't know if you guys have heard of these. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, Michael Thomas. They're okay players, I guess. Michael Thomas is decent. Bit. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, two seasons, 56 receptions, 718 yards, five touchdowns. But forever will live in uh, infamy for me. Driving down the field, the Steelers were going for that 1-15 season. Kaiser's driving, somehow manages <laughs> to escape the pocket, throws the ball to Corey Coleman, hits him right in the hands, and then in the face mask, <laughs> and then we're sitting there on the couch, just absolutely devastated. That's, I think the only person who's more disappointed than you is probably Hugh Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Corey Coleman, what a guy! Got a lot of shoes. I just remember that from Hard Knocks. Got a great shoe collection. Uh, all right. Well, Zach, can you top that? Who's your favorite draft pick? Uh well, I don't know about favorite, but. Justin Gilbert from Oklahoma State in 2014, eighth overall pick. Uh, I don't think I really have – there's not many stats for him, <laughs> except, <laughs> except for he gave up a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he was supposed to be kind of a Joe Hayden type of a player. Uh, most famous things for him that I've found are he crashed his car <laughs> west 130th in Brunswick. From a road rage incident, maybe if he'd have taken that type of energy on the field, <laughs> he would have been all right. Uh, and then he's also known for sleeping through and missing team meetings on a regular basis. <laughs> Those are the two, two big highlights for him in his career in Cleveland. He put together yeah, a solid, solid career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. And he probably wasn't the worst pick we've ever made. <laughs> no. right. right. So, yeah. And then just the worst part about kind of like how Justin did some notable people that were taken out after him in 2014. Uh, Odell at 12, Aaron Donald at 13, Ryan Shazier 15. <laughs> okay. Question for the Steelers fans out there. Who would the Steelers rather have on their roster right now? Because they have Gilbert and Shazier. Who are they taking? <laughs> <laughs> Is it bad to say Shazier? <laughs> yeah, I would take that. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think Shazier has a better chance of seeing the field for the better Steelers. chance of making an impact on the field. Absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, what's crazy too is Justin Gilbert maybe not the worst pick of that draft in the first round for the Browns. 
No. Yeah. Everybody's favorite cokehead. <laughs> Johnny Manziel, man. I mean, what a draft by the Browns. I didn't think you could screw anything up worse than they ever screwed that draft up. Uh, I'm going to give you my favorite pick. I'm a former offensive lineman from the glory days. Cam Irving. I don't know if you guys remember this guy. Only offensive lineman I've ever watched in the NFL where you noticed how bad he was every single play. <laughs> I mean, he would it would be like a poor snap, and his guy would get the sack. I this guy went on to get a Super Bowl ring somehow, so I guess anything's possible. I guess that should give us some hope on the outlook of this life. But, man, <laughs> I don't even know who came before him or came after him just because he just irritates me too much to look. Right. Yeah, he was – yeah. And Dallas just picked him up, and we played Dallas this year. Yeah, so, so maybe good for us. Yeah, maybe he'll come back and help us out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Josh? You got a favorite pick? Oh, man. Yep, I do. Um, so this guy in 2012 managed to um, – Let's see, over, oh, what's it say here? Over 35 games, so a little over, what, two se- or not even two seasons, he put up a Jameis Winston season. So Brandon Whedon, the oh, uh, 57-year-old rookie, <laughs> <laughs> he managed to throw 31 touchdowns and 30 interceptions for the Browns in his days here. So I, yeah. I, I, what, what are you doing picking uh, Grandpa, you know, for your for your franchise quarterback? To put things into context here, though, our head coach that season was Pat Shermer. Right. And the only coach I've ever seen worse than Pat Shermer is Freddie Kitchens. So, <laughs> And then there's Hugh Jackson, too. Right. So yeah. Make the top two. <laughs> yeah. Right. He, he 0-16 season. He's not the worst coach we've ever had. So I can't see how that season – Brandon Whedon probably looked back and said, maybe I should have went and played baseball. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I, I should have stayed with well, the I'll Yankees. never forget the first game that he, he played and he got caught under the flag. Yeah, <laughs> but didn't he, didn't he throw for like 300 yards in his first game or something crazy like that all i remember is he got caught under the flag <laughs> right that tells set the you. tone for the whole you know really short career right man i was excited for it though because at that point we were we were already past desperation yeah we well, were we're kind of like that with any quarterback right yeah. yes quarterback great that's that's the guy no man that's why i'm so happy baker and I hope he's the guy because it's so nice going into these drafts, not talking about which quarterback's going to be next on the back of the jersey. Right. Well, hey, guys, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> some some memories. Maybe we should transition this into this year's draft. Hopefully none of these guys make our favorite picks of the list next year. Um, I really think the Browns, especially their first two picks, I think they did about as good as any team could ever ask to do in the draft. Uh, first pick, number 10 overall, Jedrick Wills, right tackle out of Alabama. Everybody's favorite tackle in the draft. I think everybody had him number one on their board. I uh, played right tackle out of Alabama, but uh, he should have no problem transitioning to left tackle. He only played right tackle just because two is right-handed. Um, second team All-American, first team All-SEC, started 28 games. NFL comparison, Jason Peters. This guy's just an animal. Yeah, and I definitely th- I like the comparison, Jason Peters, which is still available out there. You never know, it could be a Cleveland Brown. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to see how that comes out. We've just struggled to replace Joe Thomas ever since Joe Thomas retired, and hopefully this is kind of the guy that will step in there and be that you know perennial pro, pro bowler uh, for seasons to come. Well, Joe Thomas liked this guy. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, Joe Thomas's favorite player in the draft. Uh, Joe Thomas quoted, there will not be any sleep for me tonight because I'm so excited by this pick. When I watch him on film, there's nothing he can't do. All these other guys who are top tackles had big question marks, in my opinion. This guy, known question marks, Brown's home run. So if you're one of your best players in franchise history, Ring of Honor inductee last year, Joe Thomas, future Hall of Famer, he's so high on this guy. I mean, who am I to disagree with Joe Thomas? I actually watched some film on this guy. I know that's crazy. He, he's crazy good, man. He's a monster. I mean, just the way he – he's a – I, he's a monster. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, when he's out there blocking people, it just looks like a massive mountain of a man just manhandling little flies. Yeah. And, and technical. Yes. He's, and pass block is insanely technical. What I love about him is he in the in the run game, he's nasty. He mauls people. But mm-hmm. then you watch him pass block, he, he moves like a tight end. Uh, and then, um, he, yeah, it looks – I watch a lot of tape. He pass blocks. He gets – he's two, three yards off the line of scrimmage before D. Lyman even has his hand off the ground. There are times where it looked like he might get beat to the inside, and he's so quick and athletic. He recovers, seals that guy off. I mean, I think to get this guy at 10, somebody took a tackle above him. Yeah. And I don't, I don't Giants. get that. Giants. Yeah, Giants took uh, yeah. Andrew Thomas. Yeah, definitely didn't think at 10. 
uh, that he was going to fall for us. I know that the Browns and every mock draft, everybody was talking. This guy wasn't even on the radar of being available at 10. Yeah. I, in To not have to move up, didn't have to give up anything to get him to get your guy that you wanted, that you had your eyes on all along. To me, that's a home run by the Browns. Uh, some of his strengths uh, listed by NFL.com, moves like a tight end in space, bulldozes down blocks, basketball footwork, uh, power balance and feet are outstanding in recovery. To me, that tells me even if a guy gets him beat initially, he has the athleticism and the skill to recover. Uh, a couple of his weaknesses, because you know not everybody's perfect. Um, uh, one pop block over sustaining at times, you know, we call that a one-hit wonder. That's something that he can get coached up on. Uh, inconsistent tempo on workout blocks. I want to make sure he gets better at that just because NFL, you definitely got to make sure you get second level. If you don't block linebackers, You that's the difference between a one-yard run and a five-yard run. Uh, but other than that, I think probably the best pick in the first round, in my opinion. Now, I read something about, and Blake, you can talk about this because you were an offensive lineman. You understand this about his hands. Oh, yeah. And they said that he switches up his hands the way he snaps them up. And as a D lineman, I forget, it was a, it was an ex-D lineman from the NFL saying this, that that kind of thing with an offensive lineman will drive you nuts as a D line because you're trying to time up the tackle's hands to, to swat them away or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes he brings them up right away, and other times he waits a quick second, drops them back, and brings them up. Any little thing like that to make the D lineman, the D linemen in this league are crazy. You know, yeah. they're running four 640s at 290 pounds. So anything you can do to make that guy think, get him off balance just a little bit, it's going to go a long way. And the fact that he even just, he thinks to do that kind of stuff and he has the skill to do that kind of stuff is crazy. He's a little bit better than I was. Yeah. <laughs> and then coming, I mean, I also like the fact that we're taking, you know, somebody from Alabama, you know, not many bad draft picks no, from Alabama. And, you know, typically they have the best offensive line in college football every single year. Nick Saban likes his line. Yeah. And he was the best player on the best line. So I don't think he can go wrong. Yeah. No. And those things, how you kind of said some of the weaknesses that can be coached up with Stefanski and his crew coming in, kind of run line oriented, I think definitely plays to seeing that he can improve in all those aspects. I will say that Pro Football Focus said that last year the Browns had the 29th run blocking line in the NFL. So if we're going to stick at 10 and pick somebody, this is the guy. Yep. The 29th ranked run line. Yeah. And we almost yep. had the NFL rushing leader. He's pretty good. You wait know till, what I wait mean? Till this like, year. Hey, we'll get into that too here. You know, absolutely. I mean, that's just crazy. Like this is, yeah. Uh, so we all good on Jedrick Wells? Well, also under the radar, it's kind of flying, but Bill Callahan is the O-line coach. I was going to say the same My thing. goodness. I mean, if we can improve one area that kind of haunted us last year, I felt like Baker was always just oh, under pressure on the ground. Bringing Bill Callahan in, uh, that's going to be huge for us. Absolutely huge. If we don't have a good run game, good line this year, then we never will. I right. mean, <laughs> it is just set up to succeed. Yes. Yeah, running the football and definitely with, like, how you brought up Baker. Baker is good at scrambling, but not having to, like, roll out as soon as he catches the ball. But right. being able to extend a play, maybe we'll get some of that. Odell can do some things downfield. Jarvis, definitely think there's a lot of positives from this pick. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move on to another who I think potentially steal the draft for the Browns. Second round, 44th overall, Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. This guy's an absolute animal. Um I think mock drafts coming into this year had this guy top five, top ten. Uh, I know he was compared to Jamal Adams a lot, and that guy went fifth. This uh, If this guy plays the way he did in 2018, I think he's an instant starter, instant pro bowler in the anchor of our defense. This guy was the ninth player in U uh, LSU history to be a unanimous first-team All-American uh, first-team All-SEC, Jim Thorpe Award winner to the nation's top defensive back. He played hurt last year, and so that hurt him a little bit. If we get this 2018 version of Grant Delpit, look out for our defense. All right, so another pro football focus stat here. I looked this up. Um, in the SEC championship game and in both playoff games, so, that, you know, the final three games of the season, uh, Grant Delpit had zero missed tackles. And that's the biggest knock, if I'm not wrong, yeah, that's on him yeah, saying, tackling. that he can't tackle. Three biggest games of the year against the three best teams that they've played all year, zero missed tackles. 
I like that stat. Yeah, I like that. Especially, I watched a lot of tape on him, too. And the guy is a willing tackler. He, yep. he sells out to stop the run. He he seeks out contact. So, in my opinion, the missed tackles, that can be – that's technique. And one thing you're going to get when you come to the NFL, you're going to get coached up on technique. This guy, you know, it's not an unwillingness to tackle. He's not afraid to hit. The way this guy fills the alley, man, he, he likes to hit people. Yeah. So, I really think we can – missed tackles, to, in my opinion – I mean, we heard that about Greedy Williams, and I didn't notice him missing a ton of tackles last year. And so I think he just needs coached up. I think he has a chance to be all-world caliber. He also – I watched an interview with him, and that was the first thing that they really went after was, hey, you know, a lot of issues with tackling. And his thing was, I played injured. Almost yeah, I think the that's entire important season. Yeah. I, and that's injury. And that's – yeah, yeah, huge. And played through it. Played High through, ankle sprain. Yeah. Said he couldn't even walk on Sundays. You know, right. he'd wake right. up Sunday, couldn't even walk. Um, it was, you know, so bad. I think that that probably played a big part of it. If you watch his 2018 tape, he's everywhere. He's in the backfield. He's, you know, picking people off. It's, he's, he's legit playmaker. Blake, I'm with you on this whole steal the draft thing because Grant Delpit was a first round projected pick going into the 2019 college football season. And the dude had an ankle injury the whole season and he won the Jim Thorpe award. Right. We yeah. get him in the second round. Not only did we get him in the second round, we traded back yeah. in the second round. <laughs> yeah. Picked Got up pick. another pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to me, good job, Andrew Barry. The guy killed it in the first two picks. Right. And then we got, you know, new defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, defensive back coach for San Fran the last couple of years. Same thing in Denver and then was in Minnesota before that. So, Kind of just like a perfect fit to try to develop this guy into a premier, you know, pro bowler type of uh, uh, safety. And I, we're going to get into this uh, in another episode, but we picked up Carl Joseph this year. Veteran safety, I think that's a tandem if Grant Delpit's willing to learn, which I think, you know, he will be. Everything I've seen on him, I think Carl Joseph has this guy ready to go. I think Delpit, if he's not a week one starter, a couple, couple weeks into the, the season, he's starting. He's not looking back. Here's what I want to say, just going off of that with the Carl Joseph um, signing, helping out Grant Delpit. So I I read reports that said that Delpit nailed his pre-draft interviews. And they said that um, the LSU coach, Ed Orgeron, uh, he compared Delpit's leadership to Troy Polamalu. And Orgeron uh, coached him at uh, USC. So, I mean, he would know. Yeah. And... We spent many years watching what Palomalu could do to the Browns and everybody else in the league. So if Delpit's any what like Troy Palomalu, yeah, that is the steal of this draft. Yeah, it, especially to go. I mean, like he said, top five projected pick to get him at forty four, and right. we didn't have to give up anything to get this guy. That's just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I think for the th- uh, just to summarize those first two picks, I don't think. The Browns could have done any better with those first two picks. I think if you're grading on that alone, it's A plus plus for the Browns, which based on the way very often <laughs> based off the way we yeah. opened this episode, yeah, that doesn't happen. That Justin, yeah. that Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel draft. Yeah. So yeah. hands off to the Browns front office coaching staff to have a plan, come in and stick to it, and not panic. Didn't move back up to get Green Delpit. Just sat tight, got their guy. Uh, day two of the draft, third round. Uh, we actually had two third round picks. The first one we took Jordan Elliott, D lineman out of Missouri, uh, started twelve or twelve, played twelve games, started ten as a sophomore. Guy's absolute animal. First team All SEC. Um, he was prospect grade of six point three six. Would be a starter within the first two seasons. I think one thing coming into this draft, the Browns needed D line depth. I think last season we came in thinking that was going to be a strength with Sheldon Richardson and Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon, Ogan Joby, and then Miles Garrett assaulted somebody. <laughs> Sheldon Richardson got hurt. Uh, Chris Smith had the unfortunate accident with his girlfriend. He missed time. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure they called me to come play D-line <laughs> for him. You know, it was terrible. Vernon, by the end Vernon of the did not do what he was brought in to do. No, not at all. And I think he close. was. I mean, I think he was injured a lot throughout the season too, which kind of hindered him. Um, it, and he's getting old. He's a little bit older. And I think Vernon was brought in to be a Miles Garrett sidekick. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to see the one-on-one blocks and stuff like that. He's not. He he wasn't going to be the man on our defense. Right. And then Miles Garrett kind of messed that up. So. Yeah, when Batman illegally assaults, you know, a citizen on the street, you know, Robin's got to fill the shoes and 
Right. It just doesn't happen. No. Um, as far as Jordan Elliott's concerned, though, this guy, um, great value to get him in this position. Every D tackle ranked higher than him was drafted in the first two rounds. He was the highest D tackle left on the board when we drafted him. So another spot where the Browns sat tight, didn't panic, and they were still able to get their guy. Actually, I'm pretty sure we traded back in the third round and still got to get this guy. Yeah, one big thing is him making first team all SEC in 2019 for Missouri. Like, not, not for, you know, <laughs> you know, your big name, like your Alabama, stuff like that. For Missouri, who you're playing against all those good offenses, and your offense really isn't that great, so you're on the field a lot of the time. So that's kind of just, you know, good to see, you know, that he was able to make first team on a team like that. Can you tell me any other starting D lineman from Missouri? No. 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 <laughs> so, which means, I bet you nobody else can either. So, which means this guy's seeing all the double teams, um, and he's st- still able to get first team all SEC. Yeah. Uh, pro football focus had him as a top 25 player in the draft. Like going back to with Andrew Barry, huge value with the pick. We got him at 88. I mean, I'm sure. And he's a guy that you, d- he doesn't need to come in and start. Like he doesn't need to be the guy right away. Nope. So it's perfect for him. I mean, right. he can come in, he can learn, he can grow, he can develop, get coached, get up. bigger, get coached up. Yes. Uh, the powers that be. You know, the Mel Kuypers of the world, they, draft, they graded this pick and with this round is an A-minus for the Browns. And I feel like the critics are always exceptionally harsh yeah. on the Browns, so for them to get give us an A-minus on this I'll pick this it. late in the draft, I'll, I'll definitely take that. Yep. All right, so I guess we'll move on to our, our second, third-round pick of the draft. Uh, 97 overall, we took Jacob Phillips, linebacker, LSU. Okay, so this is where I start to get a little angry with the Browns. Um, this was probably my least favorite pick in the draft. Um, the, I guess we'll start with the positives. He, had, he started 26 games, led the team in tackles, won a national championship. But what was the biggest weakness of the LSU? It was their defense. Um, so I don't put a lot of stock in the guy who led the team in tackles on the bad defense. Um, no awards. He didn't have. He wasn't first team anything, second team anything, nothing like that. Prospect grade five point nine eight, which is a backup slash special teamer, fifteenth ranked linebacker in the draft. This is the thing that killed me. This was to me the first reach of the draft. The player who was ranked point oh one points ahead of him went in the seventh round, and we took this guy in in the third round. So I don't know how you feel about this pick, but as you can see, I'm not loving it. I've got a blocko, um, you know, on my heart, and I see the note here about Malik Harrison. Yes, man. I was available. <laughs> and I was screaming for it in the and draft. Why? And you made this point before, Blake. I, I think anybody I ever talked to says this. Why do are we so against drafting Buckeyes? I mean, okay, we got Denzel Ward, and, I mean, he's great. And Bra- yep. don't forget we took Brian Rubisky. Yep, Hall of Famer. <laughs> the Hall of Famer Brian Rubisky. Yeah. Yep. But, I mean – why, why are we passing up on guys who are at least, I, mean, I know maybe I'm a little bit of Homer here, you know, for Ohio State, but I better, better player. Like I, I, I hate to agree with you guys. Cause at the time I'm like, we really need a linebacker right here, man. This is, we need a linebacker. I'm texting Blake. You and know, we do need linebackers. Yeah, yes. Badly, badly with Schober and Kirksey gone, man, there's major, major holes. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, here we go. I'm watching them. You know, they traded back again. More like, hey Harrison, hey this could this could be cool. And then, uh, so we got Jacob Phillips, and I want to say, hey, you know, fills a role, and they're betting on that he has big upside. You know, I don't just from what I saw, he just kind of looked vulnerable in some of the tape. You know, he is athletic, but his instincts kind of I think put him behind a little bit. He'll be late to the play, and he makes up with it for his athleticism. Yeah, I'm not going to cut I, it in the NFL, right? right. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I, way faster. Things I like about Phillips, uh, he called all their defensive plays at LSU. So, you know, we're kind of missing that person in the middle, you know, that did that, losing Schobert, you know, lost that type of a person. So, I mean, having a guy that was at least intelligent enough to call call the plays and audible for their defense, whether it was good or not, Blake, uh, is, a, is a good thing to have. I know he's young. Uh, with our defensive coach this year that we got, hoping he can mold him into something, you know, that's worth this high of a pick. But like you said, yeah, there was definitely Malik Harrison was available. What what kills me, too, about not taking Malik Harrison, and I get 
I don't think that I'm not one of those people who thinks anytime there's a Buckeye on the board, the Browns should take them. I understand that we need to get the best player that fits our need, that kind of thing. But Malik Harrison. So I, I first I was like, maybe I'm just being a homer. Maybe Malik Harrison wasn't that much better than Phillips. And so then I went and I looked it up, and Malik Harrison was way better than Phillips. <laughs> yeah, by everybody's standard, he was projected to go higher. He had a better draft grade. Everything about him was better. And then to make this thing worse, man, he went to the Ravens. Yeah, we're going to find out uh, just how good he is twice a year. Yeah, th- yeah. he went to the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, that that's what killed me. The Steelers it's- and the Ravens are going to pick the Buckeye players and make us pay for it yeah. every year. Yeah, Cameron Hayward Defensive still guys. wrecks us. Yeah. It just... And then it was, you know, shortly after they took Dobbins. That's what I was going to – I didn't even want to pour it back on us, but (laughs) I just watch and I just – as much as I hate the Ravens, man, their front office. Yeah, I just – They they absolutely – every pick is just – I just sit there and go, oh. You know, and I don't blame the Browns for the Dobbins thing. We didn't need a running back. But when there's a guy sitting there on the board and he's better than the guy you took and then the guy we should have taken goes to your AFC North rival – Personally, my least favorite team in all of professional sports. Uh, that that just hurt. That rubbed me the wrong way. You know, I'm not just. I'm not going to dwell on it though. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. <laughs> well, the Ravens are going to take that stick and beat us with it. I can tell you. <laughs> well, so third round, all in all, one good pick, one pick that wasn't my favorite, but. We're the Browns, so I'll take it. At this point, who we knows? are killing it for the Browns, though. Right, and who knows that Jacob Phillips could end up being. Awesome. He do, yeah. he reminds me of a Joe Schobert. He yeah, doesn't I, do anything that jumps off a tape. He just makes a lot of tackles. I'm just worried that those tackles are six yards down the field. Yeah. So well, and I'm worried about how far behind the curve these rookies this year are going to be anyway. Just with the uh, you know the shutdown of the country and everything, and you know, teams getting the late start and they're doing virtual mini yeah. camps or whatever. It's like ah, these guys are going to be. There's a lot of uh, room to or a lot of ground to make up there right the only good thing other thing that i've kind of read up on is hopefully he's a good cover linebacker that can line up over the tight end in situations and he's athletic enough quick enough that he can you know stick with that rather than seeing the tight end get free 10 yards down the field and our safety has to come up make a tackle after a 15 yard gain tired of seeing that almost every year it feels like um, so maybe he can help us with that aspect. Well, especially last year, you didn't know who uh, was playing safety. Right. Well, <laughs> and then the other thing is how much of this pick is because he went to LSU and LSU's whole team went in the first and second round. He's like, oh, this guy's still available from LSU. He must have been really good. Yeah. I've, we're basically the LSU of the North. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess they did just win a national championship, so I, say, I can't complain. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to the fourth round. Um, takes us to one of my favorite picks of the draft for the Browns, somebody that I I don't think that the Browns thought were going to be there, and then I think it ended up being very good for us. I'm talking about Harrison Bryant, uh, fourth round, 115th pick overall, tight end out of Florida Atlantic. Um, second team all-conference USA in 2017, first team all-conference USA in 2018 and 2019, unanimous first team All-American in 2019, John Mackey Award winner, awarded the nation's best tight end. And I actually just read today, he's the first winner of the John Mackey Award that wasn't from a Power 5 conference. The first tight end to go for over 1,000 yards in a season since like 2013 or something like that. Do you know who the last guy was to go over 1,000 yards in college? Dallas Goddard. Mm. Really? He's doing okay in Philly. He's not bad. So to me, this guy's 6'5", 243 pounds, just – a mountain of a man wasn't heavily recruited out of high school because he, he played tackle until his senior year and then he switched to tight end. So he didn't get a lot of offers. So that's why he ended up at Ford Atlantic. I think if this guy plays tight end his entire high school career, he's at a big time program. Yeah. And, yeah. He, pl- and he played for Lane Kiffin who, I mean, if you're playing for Lane Kiffin, I know it's Florida Atlantic, but still I yeah, mean, good coach. That was just trying to kind of rebound because he had some things going on for per, his for himself. But I mean, playing for him, you can de- and that kind of transitions to playing in an NFL type system. So you said he played tackle in high school. Yeah. So the guys he can block. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And we, gosh, do we never need run blocking in in, in a bad way? Right. To me, this guy, if David Njoku doesn't start catching the ball, this guy's takes J- David Njoku's spot. Yeah, and th- <laughs> this this is. My favorite pick of the draft. Me too. I, 
Tight end has been such a sore spot for the Browns ever since we lost Gary Barnage. Right, I mean, we're trying to fill that role. We pick in Joku. He's not the. He's not your prototypical tight end. He's not a blocker. I mean, he, he can't even catch. It looks like he's got two frying pans on his, you know, yep. arms yep. out there. And th- this guy is a stud, yeah. and we get him here. Yeah, and Baker uh, needs these kind of weapons. Lane Zerline, NFL.com, NFL comparison on this guy. Somebody you might have heard of, George Kittle. Oh, that tickles me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and just that, like Baker, Baker definitely uses tight ends. Uh, I know I'm not a, I'm not an Ohio State Buckeye fan, so I'm sure I'll get some backlash for that at some point. But being an Oklahoma fan, so I loved the Baker pick. Uh, Mark Andrews, he does all right in Baltimore. That was Baker's tight end, huge numbers uh, throughout their career in college together. So excited, yeah. And Joku hasn't panned out; hasn't been what we thought he was going to be. I think they wanted the athletic kind of use him as a wide receiver type of a thing with Freddie Kitchens and all that and the system that they were wanting to put in place. Obviously, it didn't work. Uh, so hopefully this will transition into something like Baker's used to seeing. One thing okay. I, okay, I got a couple Njoku things I'll talk about on the next episode when we talk about our free agent signings. But um, the, so Njoku was our number one tight end, you know, sent, you know, last year and I guess the year before too. And now he could potentially end up the third tight end this season. I mean, that's in a huge improvement at a position that absolutely had to have it. I agree. I think this guy is a way more willing blocker. One thing I love about this guy, started 35 games in college too. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't a one-hit wonder, flash-in-the-pan type thing. This guy had 662 receiving yards his junior year, 1,004 his senior year. Uh, He had – Tons of touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns last year, four his junior year, five his sophomore year. The guy's been doing it for a long time, a lot of football experience. I kind of like when a guy comes in a little bit more seasoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not a uh, TJ Hawkinson or no fan situation like last year with those two guys who came in and they were kind of like, okay, you guys need to be the guy at tight end as a rookie. Because you know rookies take a couple years to develop at tight end. It's just the way it is. Nobody's really that polished and ready for the NFL level, but – now, he gets to come in and play behind Austin Hooper. Yeah. You know, it's a good situation for him. It's a good situation for us. I love this pick. Like, I, I love it. And they're going to put two tight ends out oh, there. Oh, yes, they yeah. All the oh, time. Oh, man. And talk about he that can too. line up anywhere. He can line up anywhere, and he's going to get matched up with linebackers, and he's faster than them. He might be faster than some safeties in the NFL. I mean, the kid's quick. What uh, Some of the strengths I was looking up, one thing that really jumped off the page to me was – Against Ohio State, so probably the best team he faced last year, he was their best player. He had six catches for 79 yards. Not like eye-popping stats, but nobody from Florida Atlantic is going to put up eye-popping stats against the Buckeyes. And this guy's run three and out every time. No. Right. And this guy had six catches. I mean, he put up a decent fantasy game (laughs) against the Buckeyes, and he's probably Mm -hmm. the only NFL caliber player off their team, probably the only guy the Buckeyes were focused on stopping and he still had a solid game. And that's tight end. Too. And tight end's not a high-volume position normally in, in college anyway. Right. And with the weapons that are going to be on the field with him. Under the radar. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's cr- it's kind of crazy just looking at their like depth chart. Cause if you guys out there listening can't tell, we love this kid. Yeah. We are pumped. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering I didn't even know who he was until we drafted him. And well, then, yeah. and When and they that, drafted that pick, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. I was what, like, who what, is wait, this wait, wait a minute. And then I started looking and I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, listen to like some of the other stuff I listen to for fantasy purposes and all oh, that, absolutely. like, you know, tight ends come to the league. It's not always a big, big deal as a rookie, but I know he was always talked about around like the top three ish, you know, just right. depending on who you listen to. And yeah, we get him here. And then the more you learn about him, you watch him you're like, Oh man, it's exciting. Could have something here. Yeah. One th- like just like another trend of our draft, this guy was projected as a third rounder. We get him in the fourth round, so just another high value pick that we get. You know, killing the draft so far, Andrew Barry, great job. Yep. All right, so that was our lone fourth round pick. We'll move on to the fifth round now. Nick Harris, center out of Washington, 160th pick overall. This guy, as far as Lyman's concerned, I actually I like this guy. He he's not what I kind of like about him. I mean, he's He's 6'1", 302 pounds. That's not huge for offensive line standards. But this guy went in as a freshman in Washington, and they were going to redshirt him, and they took his redshirt off and made him the starter. 
because he just beat out everybody. You don't see that in red shirt in college. If you get redshirted in college, only way they're peeling that redshirt is if the guy in front of you gets hurt for the season. And this guy just flat out outplayed everybody. Started forty two games in college. Um, first team all pack in two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen. He's the fourth ranked center in the draft. Um, I just think he's just got tons of skill. And this guy, I think this guy's second third round draft pick if he's six four. So three inches cost this guy some money, but helped out the Browns because I think he's going to be very good for us. Yeah, I mean, J.C. Treader is awesome, but, you know, he does have some injury concern. Uh, he's a tough guy. He plays through injuries, but, you know, you can't play through every injury. So to have this, uh, you know, this center depth, this O-line depth, especially, you know, since Austin Corbett was so great that they, you know, <laughs> Rams had to come get him. Uh, I, I like this too. And everything I've read is relentless motor. Great work ethic, you know. Like he, I, I, to be honest, it wouldn't be crazy, and I've read it in other articles, I wouldn't be surprised if he came into the camp and started at right guard. I, I, I've seen some stuff on it. I don't know if that's possible with Teller, but Bill Callahan, again, I mean, he's, he's going to coach this kid up. This kid's going to want to learn. It, it wouldn't shock me at all. It would not shock me. One thing I like about him, especially when you start getting down to these lower rounds, you're looking for – what can they do for your team more than just start? Yeah. And to me, with this guy's grit and his effort and his energy, to me, that's a scout team guy that's yeah. going to push J.C. Treader or uh, push our defensive line every single day in practice. Yeah. And he's going to make Treader. he's going to make him work for that starting spot. He's yes. not just going to give it to him. Yeah. You know, J.C. Treader can just sit there and rest on his laurels. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pro bowler, blah. I can just – no, I got this job. This guy's going to make him work for it. You get a young it. guy in there now that wants your position, makes you work a little harder. So, Well, obviously, I mean, he's got a track record of doing that, too. I Absolutely. mean, like you said peeling that red shirt off because he earned it, not because he had to. Yeah, got a chip on his shoulder. It wasn't given to him, yeah. So I, I really like this pick. Um, everything I see on the strengths is motor. Uh, his radar and magnet are excellent. It means he sticks to blocks. He's like Velcro, drives his feet. Low guy wins in offensive line battle too, so I don't get I don't get why being six one is something that people don't look for in an offensive lineman. First of all, we have a six foot quarterback. I was just going to say that. Yep, (laughs) got to be able to see over the line. You know what I mean? So that's one thing I never understood. Why 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 do you need to be six four to play line in the NFL? And then everybody says, "Well, we got to find a six five quarterback so they can see over our line." Well, right. then just get a six foot one line. Right. You know, <laughs> you, you want the the guy, the low guy wins every time. So what good does a dude being six four? Um, so I I think it's a very solid pick. I think he's got a chance to push Treader. I think he's definitely going to make the roster. Um, to get somebody of this caliber in the fifth round, I think is another very very yeah, solid steel. pick. All right, so we'll move on to the sixth round. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 187th overall, wide receiver out of Michigan. Again, (laughs) not a pick I love. And, again, not because I'm an Ohio State homer. If you come from Michigan and you're good and you make it in Cleveland, I don't think you're not Michigan anymore. You're Brown, and I I can live with that. Uh, I don't love this pick because I just don't see the production. Yeah, I I think that's – yeah, that's big – one thing, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, played, you know, there at Michigan, Harbaugh offense. Not a great throwing offense. Likes to run the football. Uh, Shea Patterson was supposed to be, like, his big-time, big quarterback. Supposed to come and, like, set college football on fire. Was going to get Michigan, you know, back on the map and everything. But he just – he was inaccurate every time, uh, you know, every game trying to throw him the ball, which kind of hindered the stats of Donald, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, I mean – um, He's got a big receiver frame. Um, the only thing that I don't know if it's an issue with it was, like you said, Patterson, yeah. or if I don't know. It's just maybe I want to say that on you know stat wise, like maybe that was the issue. Michigan, you know, I'm not a big fan. Dude never had a hundred yard game. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that kills me. I, no matter how bad your offense is. I mean, the Browns have had historically awful offenses my entire life, and we still had receivers have 100-yard games. Yeah, he's yeah. never had a 100-yard game, and he's coming from a program that historically does not put out high-production, yeah. good-quality NFL receivers. 
big, they just don't. Yeah, the big thing, and I saw Blake, you put it down here in our notes uh, about what Urban Meyer said. Yeah. Go ahead if you want to say what you found. He said he could have been a top 10 pick and maybe the steal of the draft. Urban knows a little bit more than fo- about football than I do, <laughs> but yeah. But I've the thing is the, the eye test. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, he's a big bodied receiver, yep. and the thing is, I think he has potential. He definitely has potential. But I've read some articles about his work ethic, and he just doesn't seem to have that motor, that drive to be great. I mean, you look at a guy like Michael Thomas. Check. Michael Thomas is so competitive. I mean, he'll he'll eat people. Who, who try to tell him that he's not the best, or, and then he'll just go out there and break records and show you, yes, I am. Yeah. I mean, he works hard. Yeah. I just don't think I could be proven wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't think this guy's going to be more than a, a filler when guys need a you know, break. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, the other thing that I saw, the kind of his biggest stats, that he did, he did have 700 punt returning yards in three seasons at Michigan. So when he got the ball in his hands in some open field, he was able to – you know, outrun some guys, make some guy miss, you know, so quick screens, reverses, stuff like that. He could be, you know, used in that type of a scenario. I think that for sure, I think he'll be a special teams player, yeah. whether that's returning a, returning the ball at all in any sense, but I think he'll be on our special teams in some sort of way to get him on the field, kind of get him some experience uh, and letting him, you know, use that speed, use that versatility of being able to make guys miss, be shifty in space to see if he can, you know, be a dynamic returner. Yeah, you need special teams players too. I yep. mean, and if you can get a good one in the sixth round, cool. That's what I will say. He's projected fourth round. So, you know, if we take this guy in the third round, I'm probably just as mad as I am about that Phillips picks. The fact that we took this guy in the sixth round, we don't have a lot to lose. If he pans out, you know, it looks like steal the draft. If it doesn't work out, we're out a sixth round draft pick. Um, one thing that kind of jumps off the page to me, only 438 receiving yards his senior year. You know, and everybody says Michigan just doesn't have a good offense. You know, they run that boring pro-style offense. Well, hey, guess what kind of offense you run in the pros? A pro-style offense. Right. You know, so. And what what kind of offense really are the Browns going to run this year? They're going to run two tight end, you know. Run it down your throat. Yeah. So, this guy, and maybe we can hand him the ball on some jet sweeps. He had negative seven rushing yards his senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Our uh, special teams coordinator, new guy this year, Mike Prefer. I think he's new. No, we had him last year. Oh, okay, so had him last year. Uh, had Cordero Patterson when he was in uh, Minnesota. Uh, Patterson ran for 4,000 kick return yards and scored five times in four seasons. So, you know, kind of maybe have the right coach if he can get on that special teams. Looks like he could be a guy that could win the job as a rookie. I know preferably on punt returns, I don't necessarily like seeing Jarvis or Odell out there, especially the fact of – them trying to do too much and they don't call that fair catch and all of a sudden they just got killed by a safety or a cornerback running down the field that just lit them up. I agree. So I like kind of having them get their plays off rather than being on the field every chance that they can can be. One thing, you know, the homer in me again, Ohio State fan here, K.J. Hill on the board still when we, when we draft this guy. And, you know, Paul D. Podesta, they're all about analytics. They want guys who are highly productive in college. That's why, the, to me, this goes against our trend. You know, there's n- there's not a lot of production out of this guy in college, and you got KJ Hill sitting on the board. Ohio State's what all time leading receiver or catches something like that. I think it was catches. Yeah, yeah most catches in, co- in Ohio State history. Um, he was ranked higher than Donovan uh, than Peoples Jones coming into the draft, and he went to Ohio State. So I'm not saying you should do things to please your fans, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I was six round and, pick. Right, yeah, yeah. If I'm, you'd a hit and miss on drafting a Buckeye, fans are kind of like, oh, you know, well, they gave the Buckeye a chance. Yeah, so I don't... But when it's a Michigan player? Yeah, and there was a Ohio oh, State guy still good. on the board. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Jabril Peppers is a, a solid pro, and when he messed up, we still hated him because he went to Michigan. Well, and that's a note that I made. I said that um, the last two big-name guys from Michigan to come to Cleveland had their run-ins with the fan base. You know, Braylon Edwards, Jabril mm-hmm. Peppers, you know, they... Braylon was a good player when he was here, but, you know, he had some trouble with drops. People get on his case, you know, and then you fire back because you feel like you're being attacked because of where you went to school, which you are a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is. And and that's your fault. Don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but, I mean, he's a six-round pick. I don't think they brought him in to be our, you know, our one on the outside. Right. So The potential's there. Yeah, The potential's I, there. And I hope he proves me wrong 
And if he does, I'll never forgive him for going to Michigan, but I'll forget it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it just if K.J. Hill goes to the, to the Chargers and becomes, like, some kind of freak standout rookie or something like that. Terrible it's just born. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be – it's going to hurt a little bit more. Knowing that he's just, he was sitting there late and knowing that he's from Ohio and we still don't take him, I just don't get it. Yeah. But, well, hey, that wraps up the Browns 2020 draft. Um in my opinion, a, a pretty solid draft. I actually did a Facebook poll. So thanks to everybody who participated in that. We love your interaction. Six people gave us the Browns an A. Six people gave us a B. I personally think the A is a little bit high. Uh, to me, it was B+. Plus. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I think if you're not doing pluses and minuses, if you want to call it an A, I mean, you've got to – hit at least, you know, solid or pretty close to solid on every pick. I don't think we did. I'd, I'd side more with the B. Absolutely. I'm B. I want to give it an A. We never, like, for the most part, we didn't reach. Um, it's in a potential draft, too. There's a lot of guys that it's like they could pan out. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones is another one. There's there's so many picks that the potential is there for big-time things. Yeah, but, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Justin. I think that, yeah, we were definitely – I'd say B as well, um, but like how Justin just, just touched on, definitely potential to B and A. I mean, yeah. everybody that we picked, yeah, you know, co- a couple of them are questionable, but if they pan out and hit, then, you know, then, I mean, it's almost like it puts us up to that A grade. And did we not hit, like, every need, though, that we needed going into it for the most part? Yeah. Every every time that there was something that we needed, I never went, well, now, what I are mean, we doing? Are you? I got to say, I got that – Feeling in my gut, it always happens every year where I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I love this draft. They did a good job. What if none of them are here in three years? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've been there every year for my whole life. It's, it's happened. <laughs> yeah. What's the what's the time period before you can buy a jersey for somebody that's just drafted? I have a whole back row in my closet right now <laughs> that, that, with jerseys that I will never – if you go to Goodwill, you can get them for 50 cents on the dollar. <laughs> All right, so reach out to Justin to make sure you get your uh, advice on how soon yeah. to get your new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to go B also. T- to me, the thing that keeps it from being an A is the Brandon, is not the Brandon, the Jacob Phillips pick. If it, to me, if we pick anybody else, <laughs> if we pick Justin Charles in that spot, um, to me, then I'm given, because the Donovan people Jones, I might not have loved it, but it's a six round pick. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to knock a, the Browns down a letter grade for a six round pick. But all in all, I really think, especially with those first two picks, I think you got day one starters your first two picks. And I think you potentially got a 10-year guy in Jedrick Wills that could anchor. To me, Baker needs that. At times, Baker wasn't even always under pressure last year. He just thought he was under pressure sometimes, right. and he'd rush throws. And the system was just – Oh, yeah. you, you put a porous offensive line with a just – how do I put this without saying bad words? Just a <laughs> very um, terrible <laughs> yeah. head coach. I mean, come on. This is – it was a joke last year. I wish I had it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Browns were historically bad in empty set, and yet we went empty all, all the time. Them. When you have two really, really good running backs. <laughs> yeah, we'd run them out there to run wishbone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was a lot of Freddie Kitchens. You know, I don't know what he's watching You know, on the field. You got, okay, so Baker's getting sacked pretty much as soon as he gets the ball, but hey, you know what? Let's run some uh, deep routes here. Mm-hmm. Five-step yeah. drop all Yeah, five-step drop. Let's, let's go. Yeah, yeah, let's not throw another blocker in there to help. Let's, as soon as Baker gets the ball, you're going to roll out to the right. Yeah. Go to that side of the field. Let's put Greg Robinson on an island. <laughs> <laughs> he can't focus on anything. Right. <laughs> He's like, I hope this game's done in time. I got to meet this guy in back alley parking lot with 300 pounds of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, so one more thing I wanted to get into here uh, before we wrap this thing up. We just discussed, you know, who we thought be day one starters and stuff for us. Who do you guys think is going to make the biggest impact this season out of our rookie class? Uh, I'll just start over here. We'll go counterclockwise. What do you think, Justin? I'm going Harrison Bryant. Um, I mean, we already knew that they were going to put two tight ends out there. We didn't know what we were going to get out of Njoku. Coming out of last year, whether it was a Freddie Kitchens problem, whether it was a Njoku problem, Njoku, like you said, hands. Um, he's athletic, but this this kid is – I think this uh, answers a lot of issues. 
He's going to get out there and he's going to see opportunities. He's going to have OBJ, Landry, Chubb. Guys are going to be flying all over the place. I think he's going to get a lot of just open looks. And he's willing to block, like you said. Um, which, <laughs> they're, they're going to probably run two tight ends at least half the time. At least oh, 50% of the time. At least. I'm at pretty sure least. Stefanski was 70% or something like that it's last insane. year at the Vikings. Yeah. So, I think that, you know, he might start as a in-the-trenches kind of guy blocking, but he's going to get some crazy opportunities. So, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, I'm going to go Jordan Elliott, kind of, you know, our third-round really? pick. I'm going to go with him just based on the fact of kind of trends and Brown's defensive lineman, kind of like the not the it guy. Miles Garrett's obviously going to be Miles Garrett. Um, but this guy here is gonna, not going to see the double team. He's going to be able to, you know, get that one-on-one. He's pretty athletic, uh, you know, shows that flashes to shoot gaps and pretty much control parts of the line. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to stand out, not as like an every-down playing, you know, type of alignment, but being able to throw him in there when he's fresh, late-game situations, need to get after the quarterback or stop the run, I think he's going to be successful. What about you, Josh? Dude, I got to go with number 10 overall. I mean – Baker's got to have that protection. I mean, we're rolling out there last year with some pretty awful tackles, and I've got some stats to talk about on the next episode when we go into free agent signings and all that kind of stuff too, but we needed this kid. We absolutely needed this body, this this kind of athlete in there, and um, as long as he keeps that motor high running and he just goes out there and wants to manhandle these pros and show the pros what's up, I love it. Love the pick. Well, I love all those picks, guys, and uh, you forced me into it, so I guess I'm going to have to take Jacob Phillips. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go Delpit. You know, like I said, I think he can be the steal of the draft. I think this guy, if if he's healthy, I mean, we're talking about he might be the best player on our defense yep. other than Miles Garrett, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't assault anybody this year. <laughs> so <laughs> He might play every game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think Delpit has a chance to just be the guy for the Browns on defense, vocal leader. I love the way he comes up and hits people in the alley, playmaking safety. I just I think this guy's got it all, and I can't wait to see what he does on the field. Well, that wraps up our show today. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed that. Make sure you check us out today, uh, this week. Um, Instagram, our friend over here, Zach Cop, made us an Instagram. Pretty fancy. We're working on getting that going. Yeah. Uh, check out the Facebook page. Again, I'm putting out content. Thanks to everybody this week who commented, liked on things on there. Helped us out with the show a lot. Check us out on YouTube. Episode one still up. We're going to have episode two up. Then you can check us out on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else you check your podcasts out. Again, thanks to everybody who's listening. We really appreciate it. Way more support than I ever thought we'd get, especially after one episode. And I hope everybody's having a good Memorial Day. Keep your helmets on, everybody. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.